0: ESPN.
1: Uh, without further ado, good friend of mine, we've been friends forever and a day. One of the best in the business, Vic Carucci, joins us now. He does a great job covering the Buffalo Bills. Who we know, big matchup against the Jets coming up. How you doing, Vic?
0: I am great. I'm jealous. I mean, I'm hearing about your travels. Yeah, I with to LA. I'm in Vegas. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> I'm sitting here in a thirty-something. I don't know. Thirty-seven degrees where I am. But go go ahead. Enjoy yourself. <laughs>
1: well let's let's start right there since uh, since we're talking about the weather Uh, i'm hearing tomorrow it's it's not supposed to be pleasant right like 30 if not lower uh winds up to 15 miles an hour snow Uh, i i know i know you're not a a meteorologist but what can you tell us what what can jets fans expect
0: yeah i I mean pretty much the same what you just said but it's it's december in western new york this is what you get this is um, exactly a scenario that I'm, I'm sure these teams are familiar with. Uh, when I say these teams, I'm, I'm talking about the history of this rivalry, I should say, uh, and, and the fan base here. Um, yeah, and, and when there's when there's something on the line, which had been the case for a long time, as you know, when the Jets came to town, um, whatever the time of year, uh, it, it, it makes the weather sort of just a secondary issue. I, I don't necessarily know that the Bills players have ever uh, through history of Bills players being on this team, but particularly I think in the days when the team has rebuilt built with a lot of guys from the FCC, a lot of guys who, who just don't come from cold climates uh, when back in the day, most of the scouting philosophy was, yes, let's get these guys from the big 10 as much as possible who know what the weather is like when they, when they wear an NFL uniform. But um uh, Nita, I don't think that's going to play into much of, of anything affecting the game per se, uh, although I would say that uh, this would probably be a day where you're going to see both teams try to rely on what they each believe is pretty solid run game.
1: Yeah, So, and, and let's start right there. We know what we get in the backfield for, uh, for the Jets. Uh, Bam Knight has stepped up in a big way. Interesting to see what they do with Robinson this coming week. Michael Carter is expected to be active. But more, more importantly, like, very interesting what's going on in the backfield for your Buffalo Bills. Singletary has been solid. You know, he scored quite a few touchdowns already this season. But James Cook played 32 snaps to, uh, so more of an even keel, more of a 50% timeshare in that backfield. With that being said, are we seeing the changing of the guard now? How is this backfield going to play out against the Jets?
0: Yeah, Yeah, Anita, I I still think they see themselves as a multiple team when it comes to the running game, as most teams do, not reliant on any individual overly uh, so. But you're seeing James Cook absolutely grow into a role that this team hoped he would when they drafted him. Um, They drafted him, I think, primarily with the idea that he'd be a player who caught the ball well out of the backfield. That was his strength in college. Uh, they also had concerns about him picking up blitzes, all the things you want to make sure backs do to have them on the field in those situations. And he's growing into that role, but he's not the biggest guy and he's going to be mismatched a lot of times when there's a, a big linebacker or somebody you, you, you got to be judicious about who you're asking him to block. Uh, but he is showing some, some, you know, good development. I, I know, uh, uh, Stefan Diggs made a comment uh, after that New England game. Just would like to see him stay upright more when it comes to running. Like a lot of times, he's he's just a guy who does, takes that fall, so to speak. When and it's not like he's not trying try, trying to avoid hits. I mean, he's, he is being elusive, but he just feels on a balance from a balance standpoint. He was giving him some uh, some public and I know private sort of guidance on how to stay level, how to keep your feet up and stay on your feet when you're running. But that's a young back learning it. And, of course, he's, he's Delvin Cook's brother, so he's, he's probably learned a thing or two from that. Um, overall, it's just staying committed to the run game. And they were against New England. And New England played defensively very similar to what uh, the Jets were doing when these teams first met in early November, Bills and Jets, try to take away the deep ball. Rush four, keep everybody keep the keep the the uh, you know the, the the two high shell sort of thing, and basically invite a team to run on you. The Bills' running game was just Josh Allen in that first game against the Patriots Thursday night. It was James Cook. It was Devin Singletary, and they were effective. And Ben Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, I thought it was the smartest game plan because they ran it. And then Allen, instead of trying to take those deep shots and risk the the, the interceptions, because uh, he had two against the Jets last time, they were he was you know t- taking those higher percentage short and intermediate throws. It's
1: it's it's going to be I I think you know who's more successful against the run. I think you're absolutely right, but you cannot deny just how explosive this passing offense is with Stefan Diggs, Gabe. Uh, Gabe Davis Isaiah McKenzie and I know you and I last time you were on we were talking about Khalil Shakir and and finally getting a little bit more action uh in the passing attack Uh, you know again this is a this is a a Bills team they lost to the Jets earlier uh 20 to 17 what do you think is going to be different offensively this time around against an excellent Jets defense Vic
0: yeah, and, and Anita, you're you're right about that. That you know, you think about. Well, I know when we had a conversation for the last game, and I was fully expecting a Buffalo win. And I, I think you know, again, it was it was kudos to the Jets, not only upset there, but they they've had a a solid enough season, and and even with a quarterback change, what's going to be different, first of all, from an offensive standpoint, is I think Josh Allen um, will, along with Ken Dorsey, will have downloaded enough just mentally and and literally I guess on their on their tablets uh, of what they what the Jets did schematically to take so much away skunking him and this offense uh, this passing game effectively with the coverages they played the switching up that they did there the, the, the change up of the fronts uh, but but it's also physical I mean the Jets have a really good front they can they can get pressure with four guys they can discourage you from running the football traditionally with your backs and therefore leaving Josh Allen to kind of boot around and and try to do the things he can do athletically. Um, And, and again, Sauce Gardner is not a guy you you want to tempt your fate with uh, because he's a great cornerback who still is on track, I think, to be uh, the rookie defensive player of the year in this league. Um, And then, and then, or at least certainly in the AFC. uh, And then in terms of, as we look at the, uh, uh, the passing game of the Bills, more of what we saw against New England, I think, makes sense. Uh, be, don't be afraid to attack, but do it judiciously. And Josh has to work, stay within himself more when he tries to say, look, I've got the arm, I've got the accuracy, I can beat anything you, you put, throw at me coverage-wise. That's when he gets in trouble. And he did that against the Jets. We saw it multiple times. I think he's done less of that since then, and it's helped him. So I think you're going to see some of that. And then again, run the football. Don't be afraid. Be confident and let your offensive line you know, lead. In two of their last three games, they've had two of their best run games of the season where the backs were involved, not just Josh.
1: Again, Vic Carucci joining us here on 98.7 ESPN uh, with an in-depth look in regards to the Buffalo Bills. as uh, They're looking to avoid getting swept by the Jets and, uh, and, and Mike White. Uh, let, let's talk about the defense and what Mike White is going to go up against. Uh, Greg Russo is out. Milano is injured. He's got a, a few injuries on the defensive side. Again, Von Miller is on IR, so that's a big hit. Who's going to be active and attractive? Who's not? And, and your thoughts on, on the Jets continuing to, uh, to roll with Mike White.
0: Yeah, well, you know, first of all, um, you know, let's start with that because a lot of folks have, have put, um, you know, put, put the looked at last year's game, last year's uh, Bill's Jets game against Mike White, and Mike struggled and said, okay, that's we, we know what he's all about. Uh, And that's not really true uh, because he's a different quarterback now. Uh, He is the better choice, I think, for them uh, by a lot. Uh, And, you know, and I don't, I I honestly don't think that's going to be, you know, uh, uh, I mean, that that is going to be a a challenge for the Bills to to handle him. Um, As far as the pass rush is concerned, actually, Rousseau is back. It's Jordan Phillips who's going to be missing this game. He's going to be out to tackle. Of course, Von Miller done for the season. So those, those aspects of generating pressure are going to be problematic, but I still say with Russo, Boogie Basham, A.J. Finesa, uh Shaq Lawson, former Jet, uh, I think selectively that group can make up for Von Miller's absence and make life difficult for an immobile quarterback. Where Mike White will get in trouble is if he's not consistently getting, out, getting the ball out quickly, uh, and two, because he isn't going to be able to move around well, and two, uh, if he's not supported by a strong run game, now this this Jet run game we know is not is not really good. It's one of the it's it's at the bottom of the NFL. But they ran well, 174 rushing yards against Buffalo in that last game. That was such a key in helping Zach Wilson have success and the rest of the Jet offense. Buffalo won't have its best D line run stuffer in Jordan Phillips. Uh, Matt Milano is listed as questionable. He was limited in practice uh, Friday. So we'll see uh, if he's playing. I, I say that that is a game changer as far as their ability to, because he didn't play, if you recall, Anita, when these teams met in early November. So if he's in there, I think that's a, a factor that will help against the Jet run run game. Uh, so the Jets going to have to run it well to set it up for uh, for Mike White to have some success through the air, and then after that, it's it's about uh, just holding their ground on, on the back end. Tradavius White back in the lineup at cornerback. They've, they've eased him back in from starting with that Thanksgiving Day game, then against the Patriots. He's looking more and more like he's uh, getting back into form. And um, and then Jordan Poyer on the back end, too, which I think Mike White's going to have some problems with him because he's just this sneaky guy. He, he finds himself in these plays. Places where he'll make place, and, and I'm, I'm anticipating that White's going to probably put it in the Bills' hands a couple of times in this game.
1: Vic, you're, you're, you rock. Always love when you join us on the program. Uh, before we let you go, um, your, your thoughts on how this game is going to play out. I like the under here. It was at 44. It's now dropped to 43. That's my play. Um, game script, how do you see this developing?
0: Yeah, I, you know, it, it was a tight, low-scoring game. The last time we know that uh, uh, 2017 Jets. Uh, this time around, though, I do think the Bills can get into probably break that 30 mark. They haven't been there since that Cleveland game where they had 31, and I'm seeing a number like that for Buffalo. And I see maybe the Jets, you know, it's somewhere in that, you know, with a late touchdown in that in that 20, you know, 21, 20 range uh, as well. So it's it's I think the the oddsmakers have the the spread right nine and a half points so i think it's going to be you know that kind of game i i just don't necessarily know that the bills roll and win but i do feel like they're going to have more offense uh which isn't saying a lot uh than they had than they had back on uh november uh you know back in november 6th when they played it in-
1: Vic, thank you so much again always great when you join us on 98.7 espn enjoy the game
0: Yes, thank you, Anita. Talk
1: soon. You got it. 800 Jets fans, you want to chime in on the game? Uh, the Giants and the Jets, both in the driver's seat. I shared with you earlier uh, just what that, that FPI, that percentage possibility is for them to make it into the postseason with a win as opposed to a loss for both teams uh, pretty much equal. So uh, what are your expectations for... Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I guess France scored. Um, when we get back, I'll bring you up to speed on what's going on with the World Cup, and um, and we'll take your calls. Anita Marks with you. Ninety eight point seven ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: Again, Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas. I was in LA all week, went to the Rams Raiders game, uh, and now I'm here in Las Vegas. So if the show sounds different, uh, that is why. So uh, so apologize about it, but um, at least we're on air and we 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 have been on air now. Uh, going on, we're about to go on three hours. Uh, Joe Wiz is going to be joining us uh, in about five minutes with his picks and plays, like he does every Saturday. But just to bring you up to speed on some of the other things we have not, because we've been spending a lot of time talking about the NFL and a big week 14 ahead. I already gave you my Army-Navy play. 16 years in a row, the under has hit. I'm going over, over 33 points uh, later on today so um, but uh, real quick just to get you up to speed on what's going on with the World Cup uh, Argentina beat the Netherlands uh, yesterday in penalty kicks so they advanced to the final four Croatia with a huge upset against Brazil so Croatia now advances to the final four and those two teams are going to be going at it uh, um, Harvey wins it's Tuesday right the 13th when is the 13th is that Tuesday I think it's Tuesday correct Yes, Let Tuesday. Me check the yes, Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So uh, Tuesday will be the semifinals. Uh, I have off on Tuesday, so that's good. I'm going to be watching it. Maybe I'll head into the city and uh, and, and take it in. Oh, which, by the way, um, uh, really quick, I, I just want to uh, hold on one second. I want to share uh, Grant Wall, who uh, who covers uh, soccer for Sports Illustrated and has for for a long time. Un- unfortunately, uh, just unexpectedly, as well, just passed away. And uh, reports are, and, and Harvey, thanks for sending this to me this morning. Um, reports were, so So for a few things. So, Grant Wall, soc- soccer uh, analyst, soccer reporter uh, for SI, has been covering soccer forever and a day, uh, only 49 years old. Apparently, what they're, and, and obviously can't, can't, dis- don't know exactly what happened until an autopsy is performed, uh, but but the expectation or, or the not the expectation but the assumption is that he had a heart attack uh, in the press box while he was watching uh, the Netherlands game uh, against Argentina. Uh, but uh, and then the reason the reason they think that it was a heart attack was because prior to uh, him collapsing in in the media room, he had posted on whether it's Facebook or Instagram or what have you, that he had gone to a clinic because he was feeling a tightness in his chest. So they gave him antibiotics. They gave him some medicine. I think they thought maybe it was somewhat of an upper respiratory infection, something like that. But apparently he has passed away at the age of 49. Uh, a few things I just want to say here uh, really quick before you take a break. Two things. Number one is um, I, I knew Grant when I first moved to the city, Um, World Cup was happening and I actually went to a sports uh, sports soccer bar to watch a World Cup game with Grant and he could not have been more nice more charming more uh, just what a really good good egg what a good guy and so my heart goes out to him and his family and his wife and, and, and just absolutely horrible situation number two is my father died of a massive heart attack at the age of 51. And, um, my father was probably one of the most healthiest men you'll ever meet. A huge golfer would not, uh, would not uh, even think of riding in a cart when he played golf. Even if he played at, at golf courses, uh, where folks out there who play golf, you know, sometimes some golf courses, they force you to ride in a cart. Uh, he refused to do it. Uh, really, really played football at university of Miami, Uh, Ran track and was just a really healthy guy and it was just unfortunate Uh, His heart attack happened at the peak of of his arrhythmia. So and there's no returning from that So unfortunately, I lost my father at the age of 51. That's not the story the story then why I'm sharing this with you is You know even it's it's just the slightest thing a lot of times you know you, you you feel tightness in your chest and you think it's one thing And it might not be. My father had warning signs and unfortunately did not do anything about it and probably still could have been alive today if he would have. So I just share this story. Again, our hearts, all of us here at 98.7 ESPN, our hearts and prayers go out to the Grant Wolf family. Very sad, uh, sad story, especially the fact that he was only 49. My father was only 51. So, but the point of the story is, uh, female, male, man, woman, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your age. If you're 40, you're 45. If you feel tightness in your chest, do not assume that it's heartburn. Do not assume that it's an upper respiratory infection. Do not assume anything. Go get it checked out. Okay? Okay. Uh, That is that is the moral to the story. And that is the message that I'm trying to get through to everyone, especially someone who uh, like me who lost my father uh, at a very, very young age. So please make sure you do that. Uh, France is up uh, on England right now. One nil. Uh, If you were listening to the show earlier, uh, both Harvey, who's a big soccer enthusiast as well as – well, I'm not a big soccer – I'm I'm a World Cup enthusiast. I love the World Cup. Uh, We told you to put your money down on France to win this bad boy at at plus 150, Hopefully you did that Uh, quick break, quick break. We come back. Joe Wiz will join us with his picks, his plays. We're always here to help you win some money uh, over the weekend. And uh, and hopefully we'll do that next. Stay tuned. Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Oh, I don't know about that. I wish I was with, living the life of the rich and famous. I'm out here for work. It's been nonstop. It's not like I'm... And, and here's... It. I am... I am... I am the... How do I phrase this? I don't want to say. Um, I love the craps table. Craps table is like my jam. It's my wheelhouse. I haven't even seen a craps table since I got out here. Now, that's going to change, uh, obviously, after the show. Uh, but And then I have to be in makeup tomorrow morning at 3.30 a.m., for a 6 a.m. daily wager show, so yeah, it's 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 not it's it's not it's not what it all seems to be made up about. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, let's let's dive into your picks and your plays. Let's keep it local. Uh, we've been spending a lot of time talking about the Jets and the Bills. The Bills at home, favored by 10. The over/unders at 43. I like the under here but I just had Vic Carucci on who covers the Bills. He thinks the Bills are going to score a lot more points than they did the first go-around against the Jets. What's your play in this matchup, Joe?
2: I, uh, I agree with him. I'd like to total this game. Um, I'm not interested in laying 10 points, number one, in the game. Um, I think the Jets' defense is just as good as Buffalo's defense is. And the last time they met was 20-17. to 17. But, you know, when you look at it here, it's, this Jet team here under Mike White is really playing really well. I don't expect him to throw the ball 51 times like he did last week. Um, and they still had a chance to beat the Vikings. There was a little bit disappointing that game here. Um, the totals are 43. If the weather cooperates and, uh, you know, if there's no – go and no inclement weather, I think that uh, the Bills are going to put points on the board and I think the Jets are going to score. I think the f- total is a safer bet for me. I like the uh, over 43 um, and expect the Jets to come to play and keep it respectable. So that 10 points seems tempting.
1: Uh, Joe, what your your thoughts on the Jets continuing to roll with Mike White?
2: I think they should stay with Mike White. I mean, to be honest with you, when I saw that interview with Zach Wilson, all he had to do is say, listen, I played poorly, and I, I'm taking responsibility, and that would have been it. But when he just threw his team under the bus, literally, when the Patriot came in, he played so poorly, his defense gave out his heart and soul. And it's like selling out your soldiers when you're out there in the, in, in the trenches. You can't do that. You've got to take the responsibility. He lost the team. Nobody wants to play for him. So I think Salah's going to have a hard time, even if he wants to put him back in there to see uh, if Mike White can at least play respectable here. This is really his first real big test. I know the Vikings, he played well, but here against Buffalo, because you know the Bills want revenge and want to keep that number one seed. If the Jets play respectable, um, I don't expect to see Wilson for the rest of the season, despite what Salah says.
1: Again, uh, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN with his picks and his plays heading into this weekend. Uh, The Giants, seven-point dogs at home. Over-under is at 45. I know you've loved the dogs all season long but this is the Eagles. Curious. How are you playing this one, Joe?
2: Well, when you take a look at the Eagles, I mean, you know, when they play on the road, they're really not that uh, dangerous. I mean, they play better, obviously much better at home than they do on the road. Eagles are 11-1 and right now, but in, the, in their last road game, I mean, they barely got by the Colts. They won that game 17-16. to And then if you remember that Thursday night game, they were favored by 14 and they just, you know, won 29-17. They did not cover the spread. And the road game prior to that against Arizona, Zona was lining up to kick a field goal to go into all the time. So, you know, with all that being said, I I do take, I am taking the Giants. I know the Giants are really banked up. My biggest concern is Barkley. If he's playing or not, um, and if he's not, that's obviously a problem. But, you know, in a big game like this, I know the Giants obviously are are focusing probably more on the uh, commander game next week in prime time, because if they can knock off the commanders, they would probably have a better position. This game may not be as important as crazy as that may sound. But I'm taking the Giants plus the seven, and the last time Jalen Hurts played uh, at Met life he didn't have a good game and he had three interceptions and uh giants uh did well so um i'm going with the uh home dog the giants plus seven i had them plus three last week and i'm rolling with them again
1: um and any um any other nfl games you have your eye on before we move on to army navy
2: Let's see here. There's a couple of games here. I I heard your show a little bit last night, but um, the game I was interested in is the Pittsburgh Steelers game. They're starting to play really well here. And, you know, everyone says I only play dogs, but I think the Steelers here, if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, which the line indicates that he's not going to, um, if that's the case here, the Steelers are starting to play better here. And the Ravens, even if Lamar Jackson was playing, I would like the Steelers uh, in that game. Uh, Pittsburgh has has been playing really well here since Watt is back in the lineup.
1: All right. Let's turn our attention to what's going on in college football. I said this earlier. There's three certainties in life: death, death, taxes, and the under hitting in the Army-Navy game over under. Now sitting at 32 and a half, these teams the last 10 years have averaged 33 points a game. I like the over here. I'm going against the trend for 16 years. Um, also, this is a Navy team favored by two and a half. What's your play here, Joe?
2: Yeah, when you take a look at it, Navy is... Four and seven. They're favored in this game here, but they played a really tough schedule, Nita. Um, they Last game, they played at Central Florida, who was a good team, um, and they were dogs in that game. They won 17 14. Uh, they played the Irish 35 32 right down to the wire, Cincinnati 20 10. Um, yeah, the total has gone over in almost every game, 15 in a row, and it's hard to go against a trend like that. Despite the total being 32 and a half, and the weather in Philly is going to be okay, it's just a little cold here. Uh, I'm going to stick with the total here. This triple option flex bone offense uh, that these two teams have, um, have, has been just insane. They have the two best running attacks in, in the country. The cadets are number two at 304 yards per game, and the midshipmen are, uh, are number seven at 240 yards per game. So we're just going to see a lot of running. And it's, unless there's an interception or a special teams touchdown, um, even though the tolls are 32-and-a-half, when it's seven three and a half a half time, I'm going to the bank, Anita. either.
1: All right, let's uh, let's turn our attention to uh, it's bowl season, as we know. Um, so uh, so let's let's turn our attention to some of the other bowl games. What's give me one or two that has caught your fancy that you feel like, man, you've got to jump on this line right now.
2: Well, you know, there's a bowl games that start as early as what, what next uh, Friday. Um, you know, Troy's playing UTSA. People don't pay attention to these obscure games, and these are the type of games I feel that you find good value. The total in that game is at forty. 40- fifty five. Um, I like to total that game to go over. I looked at that game over 55. And, of course, you know, when you take a look at it, everyone's looking at these national championship games, uh, the semifinal games here with Michigan and TCU. Uh, I'm expecting TCU uh, to be able to uh, give Michigan all they can handle here. I know last week I had Kansas State, Anita, but I'm going to go with, uh, uh, you know, I know we've got a couple weeks away from that, but I do like uh, TCU in that game. I think they're going to give the Wolverines all they can handle because a lot of people are out there thinking that it's going to just be Michigan and Georgia, and I'm kind of curious to see what uh, cj stroud does against this tough georgia defense it's the lowest low, lowest line we've seen georgia favored all year long at less than a touchdown against ohio state so i'm kind of curious to see what happens with that game
1: let's stay in college but let's move to the hardwood and you've got alabama going up against houston houston favored by eight and a half the over unders at 139 i know you've got to play here
2: yeah, I'm taking a dog in this game. It goes shortly here. Alabama, Houston, right now, they're the number one team in the country. They've been put that way the last two weeks. Um, and if they get by Alabama, which I expect them to win, but I think it's going to be a tight game. The line's at eight. So I'm taking the Crimson Tide of Alabama here. And uh, Houston has Virginia next week. And after that, they go into the soft schedule. They play this week conference, the um, American Athletic Conference. And um, they, if they get by Alabama and Virginia in the next two weeks, they might go unbeaten. But um, I don't think they're the best team in college basketball but everything goes by what your record is and so um i like alabama in this game plus the eight the last year when these two teams met they met in alabama went right down to the wire houston won a nail biter and i'm expecting the tie to hang with the cougars and uh, plus the eight is the value play for me
1: um any any other college basketball plays you like today before we move on to nba
2: yeah, there's one right in your backyard in case you get bored at the craps table. Um, you can go to see, uh, at the MGM. You've got Indiana Hoosiers taking on Arizona. These two teams you might see playing in the Final Four down in Texas where they, where they play this year. Uh, when you take a look at it, both teams have one loss. Arizona's 7-1. and one. Indiana is at 8-1. and one. Uh, Indiana lost at Rutgers last week, which was surprising. They had their lowest output of the season, 63-48. Um, and Arizona lost roughly almost two weeks ago to Utah. But Arizona, Anita, they have scored... Every game they play, have scored 81 or more points, with the exception of their one loss when they lost to Utah, 81-66. Same thing for the Hoosiers. They score a ton of points here, 81-77, 90-87. Ah, the total of this game is like 156. I think this game is going to go over. It's going to be one of these high-scoring, entertaining entertaining games here. Both teams are just going to go up and down the court. Play the total over, over 156, 157. At that, I think this game is going to go way over the total.
1: Last but not least, before we let you go, let's talk some NBA. A lot of games on the slate today, that's for sure. Clippers going up against the Wizards. Uh, Clippers, uh, obviously, with uh, Kawhi Leonard back, they're favored by five. Brooklyn Nets uh, in Indy taking on the Pacers. Um, The Brooklyn Nets getting 7.5. That's interesting. Dallas coming off uh, a, a loss to the the Bucks by just one point yesterday, having to uh, suit up and take on the uh, the Chicago Bulls. They're favored by five and a half, but a lot of people feel that this potentially could be. The NBA championship yet again this uh, this coming season. I don't know the Warriors are so god awful on the road, but they are good at home. Uh, Boston Celtics, arguably not arguably, I think the best team. How could anyone you know not believe how, how well Boston's playing? The best team in the NBA. They're favored by two and a half. The over/under is two thirty-seven. Uh, again, the Warriors playing much better at home than they are on the road, and they are they are at home at San Francisco, and they are getting two and a half. What's your play here?
2: Yeah, I can't remember the last time the Golden State Warriors were an underdog at home. And, you know, Steve Kerr has said that he's going to do a lot of management with his players. And, um, you know, it seems like every other game they play that they don't play their starters, regardless of whether they're healthy or not. I think this game here, they want to make a statement here. Um, I know the Boston Celtics are right now the best team in the NBA. Whether they can continue to uh, continue at the level they are right now, that remains to be seen. Um, but I'm taking the home dog here. Uh, it's just too tempting to take Golden State. They're rested. They're going to have their players in there, and uh, they want to make a st- they want to make a statement saying, hey, Boston, we're going to see you back in June, and we're going to take care of business once again. Um, but I like the the Golden State Warriors is very rare. You can get the Warriors at home as a dog. And um, I'm taking them plus a three today.
1: Wow. I think Tatum's going to come in, man. Uh, unhappy about how things ended for him last season. Uh that's 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 a that's a that's a solid play right there. That's really going out on a limb. Uh it's gonna be fun to watch, that's for sure. He's Joe Wiz on ninety eight point seven ESPN brought to you by Bet Rivers online sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers sports book app today. It's a whole new game. Why don't you let the folks know exactly uh what time they could find you here on ninety eight point seven ESPN, Joe?
2: Thanks, Anita. Um, I'll be on tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to kick off week 14. Yes, it's week 14. I'll be kicking mm. it off at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Of course, on Sundays, I'm on at a new time slot now. I'm on at 8 a.m. beginning, uh, well, beginning today, but, but following starting next week, I'll be on at 8 a.m. And, of course, you can follow me on social, on Twitter or Instagram, Joe sports. I put out free winners every day, seven days a week. So hopefully people can tune in. And Anita, good luck at the craps table here, and uh, let's make some money.
1: Oh, you got it. Take care, Joe.
2: Thank
1: you. All right. Joe is joining us. Uh, Anita Marks. Uh, quick break. We come back. We'll end the show strong. Open up the phone lines. 800 Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1-per-month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: So France is up 1-0 against England, and uh, what are we guys? We're we're at the half, so it's halftime. Okay, all right. There's that. Uh, I, I know we only have about six minutes left in the show. Let's let's take our, our call with Richard really quick, and we'll just recap all that uh, went went down uh, on the show today. So, Richard, welcome in. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I have my own
0: issues with people. about a conversation for another
1: time. Okay. Uh, that didn't go well. All right. Uh, Richard, sorry. Uh, but uh, – the i don't know what happened there anyway a few things that we haven't discussed uh today on the program and that is hot stove of course as we know a lot's going on here uh, with the winter meetings and uh, in the mets and the yankees making some money moves get this 20 franchises 20 major league baseball teams already have spent 1.6 billion dollars when it's all said and done the expectation is that $3.2 billion, that's what the projection is, is going to be spent on baseball players. So uh, just a lot of money. Um, of course, for the Mets, uh, Nemo uh, agreeing to an eight year, $162 million deal. Uh, You can argue one of the best leadoff hitters in Major League Baseball. Definitely top 10, but he is 30, um, you know, dealing with a few injuries, not too many, batting 247, 16 home runs, 102 RBIs. Uh, Robertson, one-year, $10 million deal. Of course, they bring in Verlander, uh, pay him uh, $90 million, but keep in mind he is 40 years old. Uh, Quintana as well, uh, bringing him in. Diaz, five years, $102 million. So a lot of money already been spent by the Mets. Of course, we know they lose Degrom. He goes to the Rangers. Uh, so uh, getting that five-year, $185 million uh, deal, even though he's 34 years old. But obviously, I've buried the lead here, and the lead is the fact that the judge the judge Aaron judge is returning back to the Yankees nine year, $360 million deal. And you know, we talked about this a lot throughout the season, you know, kudos to Aaron judge for investing in himself, right? Like he invested in himself and sure enough, now making $150 million more than what the Mets than what the Yankees, I should say, what the Yankees offered him eight months ago. Um, uh, but you know, d- does Judge make it where the the Yankees are absolutely, positively going to win the World Series next year or years to come? I, I just I, I feel I feel like. And, and granted, we, we know what the scenario is here, right? Like in in that type of deal, eight years, and for that amount of money, uh, the Yankees are going to be paying him when he is obviously 35, 36, 37 years old and, and more than likely will not be producing like he did last season. So paying him for what he did this season, even though the Yankees didn't win a World Series, uh, but it's it's about him being the face of the franchise and the face of the organization, the organizational culture and the allure, Right of what what the Yankees represent in regard to Major League Baseball and, and also being an attractive landing spot for other free agents. I understand all that goes into this. I just think it's just a lot of money and a lot of years Uh, for a guy who's not, let's be honest, is not going to produce like he did this season. Uh, He's going to get older. Also, a very outlier year for him in regard to injuries. Like, he has had injury history before. You know, the calf, um, the twice dealing with the oblique injury, the wrist injury. Uh, He just had a very outlier year with very few injuries this past season. And I get it. Again, the Yankees paying for everything that Aaron Judge did this past season. I get the signing. I'm just not thrilled with it. I'm sure a lot of Yankee fans are thrilled with it. I, I'm, I, I am not so thrilled with it. But I, and, and I know you guys are Yankee fans. So really quick, I know we only have so much time left in the show. Are you, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most excited, how excited are you with the, uh, with the, uh, the judge signing? Nine and a half. Whoa, okay. It was an expectation for me, but it needed to happen. It needed to happen in order for this team to have any direction and for Cashman and Steinbrenner to be back in the good graces of the fan base. Harvey? I'll go 9.4. I won't go 9.5, but I'll drop one tick (laughs) just for fun. Oh, yeah, like that's a big difference. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll just say this. They got essentially the next captain. On the team, they made him the highest-paid player on the team. You you couldn't lose him. You had to go overboard to pay him, which I'm I'm cool with. But they got him on board. They still need other pieces. They need another bat. They need more pitching. Maybe a bullpen arm. Um, but I'm glad he's here. If a World Series comes out of this, that's all that matters. I I just I don't see it. I, I keep on seeing it time and time again. To me, it's starting pitching. It's it's not about the lineup. It's just not. I think it's starting pitching. I, and again, I understand the the Yankees wanting and having to do it and I'm sure Yankee fans out there are over the moon, excited like you guys are, nine point four, nine point five, um, ecstatic about the signing. Um and, and again, like I, I'm not ripping I'm not sitting here ripping the Yankees for it. I get it. I I understand all the reasons why they did it. You're just gonna be paying a dude who's gonna be uh, past his prime in regard to what he's being able to deliver uh, three years from now, and and I just I just don't I'm just not a big believer that uh, lineups win you World Series. To me, it's rotations that win World Series. I would rather the Yankees spend that money on you know a, a kick butt rotation than than this type of lineup. But it is what it is, gentlemen. Uh, always great doing the show with you. Of course, we're talking about Harvey and Joe. I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas. Uh, I'll have my fantasy forecast show for you tomorrow, but Larry Hardesty is taking over for me with the New York Game Day show with Matthias Kiwanuka and Mike Tannenbaum. So stay tuned for that tomorrow, bright and early, 7 a.m. We'll see you then, right here on 98.7 ESPN. 99, baby!